Welcome everyone. We are about to begin Bez Hashem BPM number seventy-seven. That's Bais Primi Shir for Menshia number seventy-seven. Um, we're going to go through. I came across a wonderful book called "The Truth About Love" by Pat Love. Um, I think her name is Patricia Love. Uh, that has a tremendous amount of insights about relationships, uh, love relationships, with a clarity and. Um, explains concepts of compatibility and commitment and what chemistry, how that plays in and how to protect the relationship. And this is a tremendous, um, you know, resource that I want to share with with you. And I will share a lot of it on the women's side as well. Uh, The introduction of it is a lot pertaining, you know, she's a woman, she's talking about herself and what she learned her growing pains in this area. Um, but from listening to it, which I encourage you to do, you will understand a lot the nature of what we sometimes fall into in our relationships in marriage that applies to us men equally and even more so in certain cases. So in her case, just to explain, she, she explains a little introduction to her life history. Um, she had married once before, and then she got divorced and remarried. And she herself acknowledged her lack of knowledge and understanding about what love was about led to her first divorce. The way she put it, and I'm going to repeat it once again in this year, and on, on it, the convictions, the wrong convictions of what she thought marriage was, led to an action that remains the deepest regret of my life. An unnecessary divorce from a thoroughly decent loving man and the father of my two children. We believed we had fallen out of love. Now I know that we had simply entered a different stage of love. Now, it's clear that she learned what she needed to learn, remarried, because her first paragraph in her introduction, I'm not going to quote word for word the books. It's not the point here. I'm not a book reader. I'm just going to bring the overall concepts of it. Sometimes I will read word for word when necessary. But she starts out her book with her second marriage and uh, they're on her way to vacation and uh, they got to wake up four in the morning and she has a certain uh, calmness about her and the way her husband sings in the bathroom and does his dance routines and... And, and, and there's years and years they're married and they feel that deep connection with one another um, and full of appreciation and of gratitude. And, and then she writes that wasn't always the case. But the sad part, based on what she's saying, is that she could have had that with her first husband uh, if she learned all the things that we needed to learn over here. Um, what happened in her case was is that at some point she lost a little bit of her libido, of her sexual connection, um, and he was he he wanted to connect, and he used to ask her coming up to bed, and he, she said nah a little later. What it really meant to ask is, are you coming up to bed so that we could be intimate together? And the answer was no. And she said she felt a hopelessness from it because she didn't understand herself what was going on. 
and they ended up, you know, when she finally gets to bed, they, they, they sleep in the same bed, they face back to back from each other. And she says that was like a turning point of where things went downhill from that point in time. And she gave up hope from it, from that experience. The, the, the concept being very often is that she didn't understand what was going on. They were fell in love, had that infatuation period, um, connected with hours and hours of walking and talking and getting to know each other and deepening their friendship and the energy and really even mundane activities were interesting. And in the early years of their marriage, very, very, um, you know, powerful and exciting. Yes, strong sexual desire and the sexual concept, you know, between them was was very, very, um, very positive and, and wonderful. And, and um, they were moving and traveling and entertaining, making new friends, the early part of their marriage. And it was wonderful. Then they had their first child. Shortly after giving birth, she says she noticed her sexual desires dropped out of sight, which is a normal thing, by the way. But she was honest. She says, I didn't miss the fact that I didn't desire the sexual aspect anymore. She was busy being a full-time mother, plus all the other responsibilities. And she said, point blank, she wrote, I didn't have time to think about sex. My lack of interest was not a problem for me. But it was clearly and rightfully a problem for my husband. At the time, I silently blamed him for being inconsiderate enough, an inconsiderate enough to desire me when the feeling wasn't mutual. That is a powerful statement, by the way. Now, again, this is obviously a type of discussion that, of course, I have to give on the women's side as well to understand the sensitivity of it. But on the men's side, you need to understand this as well, that when a wife after giving birth, after having a child and being tired all the time and focusing on a child, the very fact that her sexual interest lowers, goes down, because of many factors, is not to be taken personally by a husband. Husband needs to recognize, hey, this is a normal process of life. Now, on the wife end, yes, she needs to understand, although this is natural, You can't fall into a negative pattern because of it, right? A wife can't blame a husband for being inconsiderate inconsiderate enough to desire her when the feeling isn't mutual right now. That's not a healthy type of logic. But what happens is you fall into a pattern of withholding. In her case, she's the woman here. She says, I withheld sex and he withheld intimacy. I quit sharing my body. And he quit sharing his feelings. And we both managed our fears and loneliness by repressing our needs and staying very busy. And that led to a frustration and ultimately feelings of rejection and withdrawal until, like I said before, the way she said it, the deepest regret of her life, an unnecessary divorce from a thoroughly decent loving man and the father of her two children. 
So very often, unfortunately, even if we stay married and we don't get divorced, we fall into this terrible cycle. Very often it's the other way around too. I know stereotypically most of the men listening probably have the experience where they have a more interest in being physical than their wives are. That's most, most of the time that's the case. So there's a resentment on the man's side and therefore he holds back sharing his emotions because she's not being forthcoming physically with him and it leads to a vicious pattern and a cycle. Now, what's healthy is, besides, of course, letting the women know and understand this, even though it's normal to have a lower level libido than men most of the time, and it's normal, especially after a child, that it goes even further down, that they still need, once, of course, their body is repaired and it's healed, to reunite and to re-establish that physical connection. And that's important for the woman to know. The husband needs to know, number one, not to take it personally. It's biology. It's part of the process of love. It's part of the process of a relationship. It's not something to get bent out of shape about if there's open communication and understanding that this is what sometimes often takes place when, again, we sh- in a marriage, very important, you don't live with things just because you're in the mood. The wife needs to understand sometimes. She may not have the interest, but she has to learn how to connect that way regardless of mood, just like the husband goes to work when he doesn't feel like it. Very often it's the other way around too. Many men that are listening have the reverse issue where they don't have a strong libido and they don't want to connect that much sexually or they they have they regulate it to a point where it's not the main focus in their lives. Even as a Yetzirah, they have other Yetzirahs and that's a little less with them. That happens a lot too. Although stereotypically, people think men are always, their heads always in the sexual matters. That's not always the case. And sometimes it's the wife that needs to connect sexually, and they want it. And the husband pulls away. And then she holds back her feelings because of the frustration of being feeling rejected by her husband, who she tries to advance and shows her interest that she needs this physical affection, and he is pushing her away. And it's a vicious cycle, and if you're not aware of the normal hormones that come about and the changes in the body or the differences in their interests naturally, sexually, and, and emotionally, what you, what you end up getting, falling into, is a tremendous vicious cycle of unnecessary, unneeded emotional pain. When if you'd be aware of, this is the way life works, it's part of growing it's part of the process. Libidos go up, it goes down, the interests go up, go down, the feelings alternate. And the key is, is to stick with loyalty, to connect as deep friends and communicate and work towards each other. Sometimes it comes more naturally, sometimes less, but even in the points where it comes less so, to not give up on that, but keep on keeping at it. Then you pass through that hurdle and you end up not only surviving, you're thriving where your relationship gets deeper and deeper and deeper as opposed, you know, because of this. A few decades ago, even in the 1950s, it's more, it's already, you know, 70 years ago, 
the model of marriage was even in America. The woman was generally the homemaker. Occasionally she had a part-time job. Fine. The man usually was the main um, wage earner in those days. You were able to sustain a home that way and get along economically. Then the 60s happened. You had this free love deterioration concept in marriage and open marriages in the 70s. It was terrible. The, the, everything was, you know, they swapped partners and all this terrible stuff. And then in the 80s and 90s, it was just a habit to just, oh, we're just living together till it really, really deteriorated. And the idea of marriage overall in society got more complicated. The problem also is we have the flip side of, of, of very, very unrealistic expectations coming in. Going with male and female combined, let's just do it this way. What do we expect? Like to happen automatically. We want a friendship. We want support. We want fun also. We want physical intimacy. We want spiritual intimacy, meaning connection. We want good sex. We want personal growth. We want life fulfillment. And what do we want our husbands or wives to do for us? To cook, to be a housekeeper, to do the dry cleaning, to do a massage when needed, to be a therapist and a best friend, and a sex surrogate, like a pilegish for you when you need it, a nurse, a mind reader, a coach, a mechanic, a carpenter, a lawn specialist, an entertainer, social secretary, chauffeur, accountant, automatic teller, and loan officer, and the guy to schlep all your groceries when you need it, or you having your wife mop the floor when, when no one else is doing it and you want her to do it. So it became like sort of an assembly line of requirements. This is what I want, this is what I need, thus is this. All right? This is what happened. This is the, and, and it's supposed to be automatic. Right? So that's the problem, that unrealistic expectation. And also people have a negative view of married life in the wrong way. In reality, if one is married and sticks to certain commitments in marriage, it could be less fun, you know, you're, you know whatever it is, because responsibility hits you. But statistics show that married, married men and women do generally live longer, drink less, less drug use, usually earn more money, less prone to certain types of illnesses. Again, this is just as a general rule, of course. So the idea is, is marriage, even though it's less simple and it's hard sometimes, can be quite difficult. Nevertheless, it is very rewarding. And Pat Love basically said that her mistake was, her mistake was, that she confused a normal stage of love with the end of love. When her sexual desire for her husband changed and started to wane, she started to believe, I'm falling out of love. I don't love my husband anymore. And husbands, the ones listening now, will do the same thing. They had a strong desire towards their wives. They gain a couple of pounds. You get used to them. Um, you get used to your wives. The, the, the Whatever infatuation, if you did have that experience, many men didn't, and that's fine. That's perfectly fine. Fall out of love, so to speak. Yeah, you know, uh, the minds go to other places. 
or even if they're Ehrlich and their minds don't go to other places, they it still goes to other places, they bury their nose in their work. Even in the Gemara, this is not a healthy way to bury your nose in the Gemara, by the way. You bury your nose in the Gemara because you want to connect to Hashem and learn Torah in an Ehrlich, normal way to connect through Limit HaTayra, not because you're escaping your wife. Okay? And basically what Pat Love said, that I felt that when my sexual desire went down, I fell out of love with him. She didn't hop, she didn't realize that the change in her libido was perfectly normal. Many, most women, will have much, very little, very little sexual desire right after the birth of a child, and it could go on for months and months and months. And a husband needs to recognize if their wife, if they experience that in their wives, that their wives are not interested in them, it's not that they fell out of love with, with, with you. It's not that they don't care about you because they're caring a lot about an infant now. But because their biology changed and the, the idea was she made a mistake, which many husbands do too, to believe that sexual attraction and love are synonymous. It's not true. There's sometimes there's nothing seriously wrong with a relationship when the sexual libido goes down. There are other factors, many, many other factors that cause it. It's not that you fell out of love. It's a stage in life that needs work and attention. To be realistic about it, to be calm about it, to understand it, to accept it, but not to accept it and do nothing, but to accept it and work through it. There's a lot to talk about on this subject, which we're going to continue. But for the men, this is on a woman's perspective. But for the men, they need to understand this too. The women need to know that despite their lower sexual interest, they need to work on connecting, even though it's not natural to them to do their best to connect in that way, because a physical relationship is important and it cannot be under cannot be um, disregarded or, or taken like all the way in the back burner of any marriage. But on the husband's side, they need to know this is not lachis, this is not um, because they want to hurt anybody. It is just the nature of things. Sexual interest goes up, goes down. Sometimes it's stronger in men, sometimes it's stronger in women. And the stages of life create different fluctuations in this. And it's part of navigating through life. And once you know this and you work through it and you're aware of it, everything gets a lot better. And we'll continue, Bez Hashem, in the upcoming shiurim regarding this subject. Brochen